Hi, this is Keisha. Welcome to the Face to Face podcast. In Romans 5.2 of the Mirror Translation, it says that Jesus is God's grace face-to-face embrace of the entire human race. So this episode is going to be short and sweet, but felt like I should throw something out there, uh, some thoughts and some uh, some things that God has really been putting on my heart uh, over the past few weeks, and just share that with you before I take a little time around the holiday. I'm taking a bit of a a bit of a sabbatical, so to speak, going to just seek the Lord and pray and, and spend some time quietly with him, uh, with no demands being placed other than uh, just enjoying this holiday season and and celebrating the birth of Christ. Um, but then after the new year, I am going to be back at it again. Um, my, I, I had just uh, finished a, now it was probably the better part of a month to complete, um, but a friend and I had felt led to release some prophetic words that had been given by Mark Taylor. The first one he had given was in 2000, it was in 2011 was the first one that he had released. And that was his Trump prophecy that, that, uh, Donald Trump would be president. Um, but even in the midst of these prophetic words that he had given about our government, uh, there were a lot of very powerful prophetic words that were released to the church as well. And so a friend of mine uh, and I had done Facebook live videos. Uh, There were 21 prophecies all together. At the end, there was a declaration of unity for the body of Christ and uh, some, a prayer of repentance. And it was just a very, very powerful, it was a very powerful process. And uh, just believing that we sowed some really good seeds. Um, The Lord had also given me a dream uh, the morning after election day and had pointed out to me before there was any knowledge of it. I I had woken at four o'clock in the morning and um, well, actually it was 444 in the morning. The clock said 444 when I woke up after the dream and I sat up and heard very distinctly in my head, Biden has won. And of course, at that point, when I had gone to bed, um, things were looking good for for President Trump. Um, so I was I was a bit shocked and dismayed. I didn't really see anything in the media when I got up and and, you know, went digging to see what was going on. It just felt like everything was silent. And, of course, we know how things have played out over the past few weeks. And um, so we were led to release these prophecies uh, that had been spoken about the government and about 
the church, the body of Christ. I believe that that there is there is an awakening. There's a shaking and awakening going on in the body of Christ right now. God is revealing places uh, in the body of Christ that need to be revealed and exposed in order for his kingdom purposes to go forth. And I, I, uh, I really feel strongly that those first few podcasts that I had done, um, especially about foundations, the church is being shaken and the foundation is either been laid on shifting sand or it's been laid on a rock and that's going to be revealed it's going to be revealed where our allegiance truly is to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness so with that said um i i know that the lord had spoken to me very distinctly during this time when we were releasing these uh, prophecies from Mark Taylor or that were spoken through Mark Taylor. I know he he doesn't like to call himself a prophet. He considers himself a prophetic voice. Uh, If you are interested in reading the prophecies uh, for yourself, you can go to sordrescue.com. And he has all the prophecies in PDF form on that site. Uh, You can also look up my Facebook page. Every one of the videos that we did, the live videos that we did, were made public. So you don't necessarily have to be my friend on Facebook. You can go right to my, my Facebook profile and all the videos will be in my timeline made available to anyone that that desires to listen. Uh, We not only read the the prophecies, but then we talked about some insight that God had given us um, about the particular prophecy or about what, what God was speaking to us about the things that we were reading and researching. Uh, We had a time of prayer and uh, it, it ended up being a, a wonderful experience for, for the both of us. And uh, we just, we pray that we have, we have sown good seeds for the kingdom uh, that will come to manifest in the days ahead. But there there is definitely something that God is doing in the church right now. There is something that he is, he is desiring to see come forth. And I believe that one of the things that God has seriously uh, burdened my heart for is to see a, to see an increase in inner healing and deliverance in the body of Christ. There are many people who, although they have confessed a faith in Jesus Christ, they are still living in bondage to their old way of thinking. And 
our salvation is something that we walk out day by day. We are not in the fullness of the awareness of our authentic being. We are in Christ, but it it is a process to uh, fully comprehend in our mind, in our will, and in our emotions the entirety of our soul. Our spirit man is made new, but it's what has been impacted by the kingdom of darkness. Our mind, our will, our emotions, which is our soul, and of course our physical bodies. And inner healing and deliverance is is the key to getting us out of those ruts, out of those old mindsets, and into an awareness of the truth. There's, there was a season, um, probably a couple years ago, where God had given me uh, quite a revelation, and I had actually started to even write something about the connection between um, the lack of walking in our identity and the fact that there is a lack of unity in the body of Christ. Because the devil is always blurring the boundaries. He's always distorting the truth and blurring the boundaries. And there are many things that we may deem as harmless that have been causing deviations from truth and from being having our foundations on the rock and we we pass these things down from generation to generation these these nuances that we've learned like i was i was reading uh, an article that someone had posted it was a woman who had been born and raised in Africa and she had moved to the UK and uh, had decided that with the birth of her first child she wanted to move back to her, her native home in Africa so that she could be near her family and she was talking about how differently African women handle their newborn babies and their toddlers in comparison to women in the UK. And it really made me stop and think, you know, she was saying that most people would remark that African babies don't cry and how babies are swaddled and kept close to mom for the first few years of life, they're cocooned and pressed up against their mother, whether they're, you know, slung on the front or the back of her, they're constantly being carried. Whereas, you know, even in the United States, most times, you know, we put a baby in a carrier, you'll see, 
I worked in pediatrics for years and you will see a, a baby being just carried around in its car seat, you know, clicks in the base, it clicks into a stroller and clicks into the grocery cart and there's barely a time as you're out and about doing the hustle and bustle there's barely a time that that child will leave the car seat and you know we're so quick to want the baby to sleep in their own nursery and to sleep in their own bed and we can't understand why they're crying all the time and she was saying that in Africa, if a baby's crying, that's considered a bad thing. There's something wrong. If the baby's crying, there's something wrong. And we hear, you know, I remember hearing when my children were small, they would cry and I would pick them up and, and I would immediately hear from someone, oh, you're going to spoil them. You're going to spoil them if you hold them so much. And I'm so glad I ignored what people would say to me about me holding my children a lot. I was just one of those moms that I loved cuddling my children and my children grew up to be very confident and uh, very well-adjusted individuals. So I, I don't regret that one bit. Uh, but it's it's funny how that has become like this mindset where people honestly believe if you hold a baby too much, you will spoil them. And if you cuddle them and sleep next to them and spend every waking moment tending to them, that you're spoiling them. And uh, <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree strongly because I was one of those moms that tended my children and listened to their, to their, their, uh, cues. If they cried, I treated it like there was something wrong. If they needed something, then, then I did my best to meet that need. It, it's, it's about their emotional health and their emotional well-being. Well, the same goes for the cries of a newborn Christian and the way that we handle our young congregations and the way that we expect people to mature and to get past their issues. And if you're just not doing this and you're not doing that, well, you're just being spoiled. You're just being stubborn and you're just being lazy. It's not true. It's not true at all. And I just, I pray that we as a body of believers will begin to allow those paradigms to come crashing down. We need desperately to understand what the cries of a broken heart are really saying. We're so quick to call people a Jezebel or a rebel, or it, we're just so quick to throw those titles around 
and I hate to say it, but that's our discomfort. That's religion. That's not the truth. Jesus doesn't think this way. Jesus doesn't think this way. And if we are maturing to become more Christ-like, then we have to be willing to look at that and understand that it is not conducive of unity when we're constantly throwing around accusations that just heap on more pain on top of the things that people are already dealing with. And I think I have referenced this once before, but Andrew Womack, I, I've quoted him often as saying that when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they're born again, we can't just, we can't just leave them to their own devices and expect them to grow. He said it'd be like giving birth to a child, propping it up in a corner and saying, well, good luck and walking away. There are certain needs that must be fulfilled. We need mothers and fathers, spiritual mothers and fathers to step up to the plate and nurture and care for the spiritually young. If they don't have that, they're not going to grow. They're not going to, it's no different than if you have a child who is neglected. Like I had done a, a study at one point about uh, orphanages in Uganda. A doctor had done a research piece on children in an orphanage in Uganda. And these children, because they were emotionally neglected, they, they wouldn't cry. And they were, they were like staring at their hands because they had nothing to stimulate them. And he did a study of what they look like over time. And the, the findings were heartbreaking. Mentally and emotionally, they were lacking. They, they could not cope with day-to-day -day life. Now, their physical needs were met. They were fed. They were changed. They had a bed to sleep in, but they didn't have anybody talking to them or cuddling them. And if they cried, no one responded to them. And eventually, over time, they just stopped crying because they learned that to cry was dangerous. They became emotionally overwhelmed and they just stopped crying. It's heartbreaking. But this is what happens in the church, folks. This is what happens when we don't tend those who are crying and we don't meet their needs. Inner healing and deliverance are lacking in the body of Christ. And God has brought me full circle. He's brought me back to this particular 
area of ministry. And uh, after the first of the year, I am going to be pursuing some further education and uh, I'm going to be trained by, uh, by someone who has been in the ministry for over 20 years. He has helped over 10,000 people to be delivered uh, and experience inner healing from all kinds of trauma. And I am so excited to glean from him and his experiences and to step out and begin this journey myself. Um, so I would just ask that if you're listening to this right now, would you just pray for me? Would you pray that God would bless the path before me and that I would have lots of amazing stories to come back with and share with you as I'm going on this journey. I honestly believe that face-to-face -face encounters with Jesus Christ are best experienced from a place of authentic worship. Our worship is what we set our gaze upon. It is the gaze of the soul. And when we are always worshiping something, authentic worship is when our gaze is set upon Jesus Christ with a heart full of gratitude. So my heart's desire is to see more and more people Come into this place of authentic worship, of being awakened to their authenticity and recognizing who they were created to be. And they were created to be his. They were created to be God's, to be Abba's child. So once again, I appreciate your, your prayers. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I have to share. And I wish you a blessed Christmas season. May you encounter Jesus Christ in a whole new way this Christmas. This has been one heck of a year. And as we're going to transition into 2021, I pray that we will transition into a higher level of engaging and worshiping our Savior. If you have any questions or you want to leave a comment, you can contact me at face to face kmj at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And until next time. Mm -hmm.